0: It's your Friday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand, so happy to be back for the final show of the week and a good one at that. Got part 2 of the uh, the Vikings Draft series with Jeff Day. Yesterday we we drafted counted down the 10 best moments in franchise history by way of, you know, sort of previewing the season and I'll get to a little bit more season preview stuff here in a minute. Today we are going to talk about the 10 lowest moments, worst moments, biggest what-if, regrets, however you want to frame it. These were not the good moments. These were not the best of the franchise. These are not the ones they're going to plaster up on the wall or play on the video board at uh, at U.S. Bank Stadium to get people fired up for Sunday's game. These are the ones that they would like to forget, but that you cannot forget because these are the indelible moments of franchise history along with the good ones of course but i would dare say like jeff and i will talk about that this list was a little bit easier to come up with than the good list so that'll be in just a few minutes here got some thoughts at the end of the show on what i want to see this weekend from a few different teams first though what did i miss let's talk vikings like the real 2023 vikings here a little bit at the jump um little bit of an uh-oh moment yesterday, NFL opener, Lions rally for a 21-20 win at Kansas City, spoiling the Chiefs kind of Super Bowl celebration, uh you know, next year party in their opener. My inclination for a while here has been... Well, the Lions were an improved team last year. They finished nine and eight. They had a good second half of the season where they were, you know, just as good as the Vikings, if not better, I would say, and, and beat them towards the end of the year. But that the Lions are going to be the Lions, right? That something always happens, that Detroit never fully has its act together, even when it looks like it is an ascending team on paper. Something happens. And, you know, this offseason they had all sorts of strife and turmoil they had gambling suspensions all sorts of stuff and it was like okay this is the this is the start of what's happening to the lions the lions are just going to maybe be the lions then they go out and beat kansas city and you're like okay that was a game that most people probably had put down in the lost column for detroit and there would be no shame in that kansas city you know obviously coming off winning the super bowl Still have Patrick Mahomes. They're a little bit, you know, down right now with, with some of the contract stuff that's going on and the Travis Kelsey injury. So probably a good time to get Kansas City. It's also been said over the years that playing a team during its championship, uh, celebration night is a good time to get them because they're kind of distracted. There's a lot of other stuff going on. Maybe they're not a hundred percent focused on the game, but not to take anything away from any of that. This was supposed to be a Detroit loss. If you put that in, in the, in the column of, of the season and the Vikings have to play Kansas City now here in just a little while, you would not think the Vikings are also going to beat Kansas City, but they certainly could. Maybe Kansas City will be a bit down this year. Point is you had this one marked down as probably Lions start zero and one. Here's a chance for the Vikings to start one and zero on uh, on Sunday against Tampa Bay, and then there you go. They're they're a game up already, starting from a position of strength. You you bank a win that you weren't supposed to have in the very first game of the season, like the Lions did. Now suddenly everyone is in a chase position for however long that lasts. So just a little uh oh right there. The other uh oh I've had is just. Not feeling great about position groups on the Vikings this year. What position group outside of wide receiver slash tight end, which is very good, I would say that's you know that that combination group is one of the best in the league. What position group makes you feel really good about this team? Now, I'd say. Quarterback, obviously, I think they're they're in good shape. They're definitely in the upper half of the league, probably in the upper third of the league. On, you know, I think most people would say Kirk Cousins is at least a top twelve quarterback. So you're talking probably top third of the league in quarterback play um what else gives you confidence the running backs i mean probably not as much as you might like alexander madison you can read more about madison in today's star tribune and on startribune.com like i think he's a good running back but that group is not as deep or talented as it has been in the past with dalvin cook i think the offensive line has a lot of continuity but i think that's good and bad because the interior of that line struggled last year maybe they're going to be a year better a year older that could be the case and i think their tackles are very good but there's some questions on the offensive line. There's questions up and down the defense, defensive line, linebackers, the secondary. I feel pretty good about the safeties, but man, that's, you know, you gotta take, you gotta, the ball has to travel a long way before it gets to the safeties. If that's your best position group, you're still gonna give up a lot of yards. So I'm just having an uh-oh moment. I have one of the, I had this uh-oh moment to before the NFC title game after the 2017 season when I tried to, um, avoid or ignore the the evidence before me which said that the the Philadelphia Eagles were much better on both the offensive line and the defensive line than the Vikings that they were going to win the battle in the trenches and that that was going to influence the game. I didn't want to believe it. I wanted to believe the Vikings were a team of destiny, Minneapolis Miracle, Super Bowl bound in US Bank Stadium and of course we know what happened, 38 to 7 in that game. So, not saying that's the fate of this team. I'm just saying I think we're ignoring some of the shortcomings of the Vikings and, you know, maybe expecting a lot of Brian Flores, who I think is, was their most important offseason acquisition. I don't know if they can stop the pass. I don't know if they can stop the run. I don't know if they can rush the passer. I don't know if they can do anything on defense. It's going to have to be up to Flores, who has been up to the task in a lot of places. I'm not saying he can't do it, but there are a lot of questions on defense and still some on offense that I am worried about, even if I'm on record as saying nine and eight, probably in the mix at least for a playoff spot division winner again i'm just a little more nervous about this team as the games actually get closer than i was when i was thinking about this team back in may june and july grand casino would like to take a moment and salute the true football fan the passion the hope the anticipation
1: that incomparable feeling of winning Grand Casino would also like to take a moment to remind you that you can find all that anticipation, thrill, and winning at Grand Casino. Grand Casino. Let your story
0: begin. All right. Welcome back to part two of our special podcast series. Michael Rand here. Jeff Day with me again. Kind of a unique way to preview the 2023 Viking season. We've been looking back at history, Vikings history, history, Yesterday we did the ten greatest moments in Vikings history, kind of draft style. We took turns. Today we're going to take a look at maybe the worst, or however you want to frame it, the kind of the what if moments, the moments of regret in Vikings history. And uh, as we were joking, Jeff Day, um, this list was a little bit easier to uh, to come by than the than the greatest moments. I, I don't think we had any problem getting to ten for yesterday's show, but uh, this is a franchise that is known for a fan base that has suffered through a lot and, and finding 10 of those kind of suffering moments was, was not a challenge.
1: The, yeah. To me, it's again, it's just a definition of degree. Yesterday's stuff was at times felt like you were talking about again, ideas almost or seasons or players and right. their, their key moments. This is this list can stack up with any team in any sport, <laughs> yes. anywhere on earth. For just like, oh my God, where yeah. your heart was ripped out of your chest yeah. so you, yeah. I'm like, excited okay, so i do
0: do I have the first pick in this one? Yeah, you get it, oh man, so I have to you know, I have to decide <laughs> which one of these two losses was more painful and i I think I've wavered on this. Over the years, and I think the answer for me has changed over the years. But, but both of the—I mean—I don't know where you're going to go with number two. But both of these things were, you know, such such a gut a gut punch moment in in the end. But I'm gonna—I gotta say that over time, I feel like the 2009 NFC title game has become the. Kind of moment of pain, just because of how that whole game went, the narrative of that season, kind of feeling like you got Brett Favre, you brought him in, and it was working. Everything's going your way, like you mentioned in yesterday's episode. You beat the you beat the Cowboys convincingly in the playoffs. You got to go on the road to New Orleans, but you're outplaying them. You've got them down to this final moment where you're on this final drive. And then you get this ridiculous 12 men in the huddle penalty. You get the Brett Favre throwing across his body for an interception where you're like, no, 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 no. What are you doing? Tackle that guy. What's going on here? He could have run for 10 yards if his ankle wasn't completely shredded. He had Bernard Berrien screaming at him to throw him the ball on the 20-yard line, didn't see him. That, to me, was kind of... This kind of ultimate moment where this guy that you got from your rival, you you went and got this guy against all odds, you brought in the guy that had been tormenting you for 15 years. He was going to take you to the Super Bowl for the first time in at that point more than 30 years. And then it all comes crashing down right when you least expect it.
1: You I I sat with these two because I didn't know where I was picking. So I did the exact same thing. And I kind of studied it probably as hard as I've studied, you know, kind of a decision. I don't know since I got married or something, but um, (laughs) I was like, "What are the what? What do I think about this?" And I actually sided with you. I put I put Favre in two thousand nine at number one, Um, and I do think it is something about just um, fate, destiny. um, Yeah, and the feeling of the team driving and just going, "Oh my God!" I mean, because that was part of it. You're watching them drive, and I think every Vikings fan. I think Peterson busts off that long, you were talking about, yeah, Peterson busts off yeah. that long run and you're sort of, you're feeling it happen and it almost started to feel inevitable. You saw where they were, you saw the time on the clock. Yeah,
0: and I mean, they got to like, they got to like the edge of field goal range. They were like yes. the 33, 32, so it's like Longwell, 51 yards, In like goal, inside. Yeah. yeah.
1: It just had an, you know, you, I think a lot of us here sitting there thinking about the field goal because of the history of field goals with the Vikings, but... In that time, I just, yeah, I think it was, I think it just was devastating. Also, because of the Favre angle, there had been some um, feeling of this is a year that is scripted like a film. Yes. yes. Um, and when they, yesterday we talked about the Cowboys win, you know, they kind of had started to show that when they put it together. And then in that game against, there was all kinds of goofy stuff happening and it just, I think in the moment when it came to that final drive, you put all of the things that had happened before behind you as as a, as a person watching, and just felt like, oh my god, they're going, we're going to the Super Bowl, um, and that's what really killed it. And you know, the the, the other thing that happens with Vic- with Minnesota sports teams in particular is um, leagues change rules based off of the terrible <laughs> things right. that happen. The teams here. And so like the the no more coin flip in the in OT. You've got to score a touchdown.
0: Everybody okay. get, Yeah, you both teams yeah, get sorry. a possession if unless yes. the team scores a touchdown. Yeah.
1: Yes. And um, you know, I remember that was like the Vikings and or the Twins and White Sox played a game 163 and the Twins had beat the White Sox like, you know, I don't know, it was some ludicrous number, 11 out of 17 games yeah. or something. And it came down to a coin flip in a in a room. And people are like, why are we doing this? We play head to head yeah. all season long. You know, right, you know, right. So I think it's a good pick. I think, uh, yeah, it's hard to say because I do think that what's going to be the number two pick is a better team. Oh yeah, I would probably yeah. yeah. So it's sort of tricky because you, if that Vikings team with Favre makes the Super Bowl, do they beat the Colts? I, I know. think so.
0: I think they do. I think so. I mean, yeah. the Saints
1: needed quite a lot to go their way in order to win that Super Bowl. Where was that Super Bowl?
0: Miami, I think. Was that Mission Miami that year? That was in
1: Prince, was it? Anyway, okay. Um, no, it was diff- that was different than the other different, Prince one. Um I think it's a good first pick and um, let's talk about number two and we can sort of, I think they can play off each other. Yeah. The first
0: two picks were kind of obvious. I think at least to me. Yeah.
1: Well, what's amazing is that number three in my, on my list is is such a famous loss that it defined one of the most notable terms in NFL's in, in, in sports, in football. So anyway, um, but the Gary Anderson miss, I'm going to start with this. I went to church that Sunday. I was still, uh, I was in my teens. And like, you know, we did church every Sunday. Um, and I can remember being there and it was like, I think, was that a, what time was the start of that game? Was it noon? It must've been. I think been. so. It was a, it
0: was a day yeah. game for sure.
1: Yeah. And uh, I can just remember that the church was packed. It was utterly packed and the priest was talking about the Vikings. You know, I wow. don't remember yeah. all of the detail of it, but I remember him saying that this is abnormally full for this for a regular Sunday in you know and um I think the whole state was convinced that this was the year I mean that team yeah. had just they were so, so good. good they were
0: 15 and one they set a NFL record for points like they were just that good it was the swagger too it was like yes. nobody
1: is going to stop us especially no. this Atlanta Falcons team I mean right. they're just even though the Falcons were 14 and two yeah but it just wasn't the same I no. mean if I remember, it, most points ever scored in NFL. Yeah, yes. I want to say. Yeah, um, there
0: was. Yeah. Brian Billick became a head coach off of that and <laughs> won a Super Bowl in Baltimore.
1: <laughs> yeah. They, you know, you've, it just, yeah, it just felt like there was, there was no room, especially at the Dome. Um, they, they had just dominated teams yes. at the Dome. Um, and so I, I think the, the fact, again, it, it kind of um had a little bit of that, that, that. Anticlimactic thing that we talked about with the greatest uh, comeback of all time yesterday, where the miss kick happens, and that is what everybody remembers. Yeah, and it's not the fact that they still had opportunities. You know, too, I right. think people was the knee. When was the knee halftime? Or the, the knee was
0: of- no. The knee was at the end of the four, knee was at the end of regulation when they had yes. about thirty seconds when maybe they could have tried to go down the field. The time they should have taken a knee was before halftime and Cunningham gets sacked Sacked. Falcons recover and score a touchdown and make it 20 to 14 at the half instead of 20 to seven.
1: It's just all of those things where, you know, Denny green and all of the play manage our time clock management and all the decisions where the armchair quarterback, and I think, you know, that's a little bit pre-internet and it sort of is one of the games that I would say is like right on the edge of when, fandom started to creep into popular, you know, just like the way that we talk about sports, which is, am I smarter than this coach? Like, what are we talking right. about? You're going to take a knee with Randy Moss and Chris Carter and this offense and Cunningham. How are you going to do that? Um, anyway, it, I, I I do still think that it's a better number two than number one. Cause I think there's something about that Farb loss that was more, um, more dramatic, more fatalistic, more um, just, again just kind of devastating um but this is probably the the biggest missed opportunity where you felt like this this should have been um the team maybe it's kind of similar to the 17 and 0 patriots or whatever it yeah. was and no patriots there's another randy moss team you know as it were right um where you just kind of felt like the better team didn't win um and I don't know. I don't know what you do with a person missing their first field goal of the year in that moment. And I think Vikings fans are, are this stuff is what haunts fans. It's what makes people, I had friends who were at the Minneapolis Miracle who left. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't be at this game with this happening. Um, and to me, it's a perfectly reasonable response to the history of this team. You know, there are yeah. times where you're just like, I don't know what it's going to take for the the bad luck to to swing um and i with the nfl and all of their talk about parody and all of this thing about how you know different teams can win titles i mean i bet most people would look at the vikings this year and say oh the lions maybe have a better shot of winning a super bowl right. than and the, and the vikings you know it's like i don't know what they need exactly to get them to a place where they're going to have a year like this again where they are the yeah. undisputed top dog right. No question about it, team. Um, And the fact that this never quite panned out, that whole Moss era, similar to the KJ era with the Wolves, where it's like you just couldn't get there. No. Uh, got close but couldn't quite get it. Anyway.
0: They had two possessions in overtime. I think people forget that. They had two possessions in overtime. Is that true? When I forgot score. that. Yeah.
1: Please, I completely forgot that. They
0: got the opening kickoff in overtime, had to punt. They got the ball back, had to punt again. And then after that was when Morton Anderson ends it. So. That's okay. not all on Gary Anderson, although the fact that he had not missed a kick the entire season before. Well, what would that?
1: Have, I can't remember how much time was left in the in the in the game when he missed that kick.
0: A little over two minutes. A little over two minutes. So the Falcons then had to but go it down and score. Ten, it would have
1: been ten with two minutes to go.
0: Right. Yeah, so it would have been ten. Yeah, a ten point lead with about two minutes to go. Uh, two oh seven. Yeah. So it would have been not insurmountable, but very unlikely, especially at that point in time. It would have taken a touchdown. And probably an onside kick and a field goal or something like that. And then, mm. so, yeah. so the, yeah, the Vikings, Vikings got the ball back with 49 seconds left. Um, In a tie game. Yeah. And they, they ran a play. Um, they ran a play where they, so Randall Cunningham ran up the middle for seven yards then there was an incompletion that took them down to thirty down to thirty seconds. It was third and three at their own twenty seven, and that's when they took the knee. So I guess strategically you're looking at it like we don't want to have to punt, punt. if if you throw another incompletion, but man, yeah, the team You're the
1: greatest offense to greatest ever offense lived. in
0: NFL history. You yeah. would like to think that maybe you'd take a shot at it, but there you go. Um okay. We spent a lot of time on one and okay. two. Yeah, Let me yeah. get to uh let me get to uh to the next uh the next on the list. And this is this is it gets a little harder now. Um yeah. the regrets, the the what if moments. <laughs> um I'm gonna say that my next one is something from our last uh our, our last uh go-around with the best and worst trades. I gotta say the Herschel Walker trade is okay. one of is one of the worst moments in their history, just because It deprived them of so many draft picks. It defined an era where, you know, they traded for him in I think it was the middle of the nineteen eighty nine season. They had been to the NFC title game two years before that. They'd been to a play the playoffs in eighty eight, and I think they'd won a playoff game. They thought they were like one player away, and instead of just like staying the course, like I don't know what would have become of those teams if they hadn't made that trade. But I sure know. They would have had a much better chance to win a Super Bowl in the late 80s and early 90s if they had not done what they did.
1: It's interesting because that's kind of – that sort of reminds me of some of the best stuff we did yesterday where that's that's a decision that took time to play out but that the yes. impact that was so grand that yeah. – uh, I think it's okay to – you know. well, this will be interesting. I mean because that to me is different. It is identifiable though, right? Like much like when you just talk about bad luck for a franchise or the way a franchise is viewed – if you have the worst trade, maybe in sports history, it has to, it has to go up high, but yeah. Um, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll let you have that. And, um, yeah, I think, uh, they have, what's amazing about it is I don't think you could put, you can't point to too many other, you know, God, awful, terrible trades. They've had some, no, you know, that's true but, um, that one just continues to define, <laughs> to define yes. all sports. Yes. trades. Forever. So, um, okay. I was going to go number four. Um, the Roger Staubach, Hail Mary. Yeah,
0: Drew Pearson. The yeah. Drew
1: Pearson push-off. I like this because uh, the Hail, Hail Mary had never this concept. Yeah, right. You know, it's like this is a new concept. I can chuck the football down and score a game-winning touchdown. And, um, again, I was watching highlights of this and uh, forgotten, at least in, in everything that I can recall about learning about that, was that they had a fourth and 17 Yes. for that. that you know, you're looking at it now with all of the sideline cans and stuff. You go watch that play. He doesn't look in bounds. Not it's a chance. And, yeah, like, and even
0: and even if he was in bounds, I don't know if he got the first down. Like it, it's what? like yes, yeah, that was or did he that was a on the
1: way of the ground. Right, I mean, I right. think you know who knows. But um, at the time, then, they're just like play on. They got yeah. the first down. Uh, here we go, marching. I mean, that was the it was a similar play to the Minneapolis Miracle. A little yes. sideline toss on a, on a um, anyway. Um, and also because of the whiskey bottle that yes. a fan knocks out a referee angst to the nth degree yes. again, great vikings team 12 that's the tarkington yes. uh mvp season um and so yeah again just you talk about a team a franchise and that the play that created the term hail mary is yes. four on your list of that <laughs> beats right right <laughs> that's yes like my, it's the greatest thing ever and i you know to me uh yeah i think uh you know, you, I'm sure people could make an argument and say, well, the F- Super Bowl losses are worse than this, but I don't know. There's something about the narrative oh. of it and the, the yeah, the, and the- people,
0: and people who were alive in that year, maybe they just remember this because of hindsight, but they say that was the best Vikings team. That, that, that yes. was, that that was the best. And so that, that's why it hurts. Cause if they feel like if that team had gotten to the Super Bowl, and again, that's all hindsight cause they'd never won one anyway. But if they get, the, if maybe that was the team that should have won the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, it's very true that's, that, and isn't that how, how it always goes? Oh, yeah, we have Super Bowl teams, but
0: <laughs> and that was not an that was not the NFC title game. That was the first divisional. That was, was the division round. Yeah, so it yeah. was. Yeah, that was that was that's a good one. I'm gonna go number five. Um, we got plenty of heartbreak to choose from. I'm gonna go with 1987. This is the flip side of what I talked about yesterday with the playoff run. They yeah. are. That that this miracle team that had gone eight and seven with an asterisk, cause you know it was an eight and four team before the you know, with without the replacement players in the middle of that season, but this team that had already pulled off huge upsets at New Orleans, at oh San Francisco, God. is yeah. driving. They're down 17 10 at Washington late. They are driving. They have, I believe, like a fourth and two at the four yard line. Darren Nelson comes across. He's he's open. Passes maybe a little bit behind him, but a very catchable ball. He drops it. We all know that. Um, I don't know if he gets a touchdown there. He almost certainly gets a first down. Yeah. If he catches that, they tie that game. That, that to me, again, it's, it's not the same level of regret, I don't think, as the Brett Favre play because that clearly, if he makes a better decision there, they've got a field goal attempt to potentially go to the Super Bowl. If if the Vikings-Falcons game, so many what-ifs, but if if Gary Anderson makes that field goal, um, they're almost certainly going to the Super Bowl. This is more of a they got a lot of steps have to happen along the way, even after he makes that catch potentially, but still like that story could have been so much more amazing. Like this eight and seven underdog team pulling off a third win in a row to get to the Super Bowl that year. um, And then it just didn't happen.
1: It's funny because I had forgotten about that. But then as you started talking about that, that Washington, I was like, Oh my God, that's right. They were right there. They were Um, right there. Yeah. Yeah. And, that uh, we did something on that. I can't remember if it was the paper or or if it was Sid. So many of my Vikings history memories are tied up with old Sid columns. Sure. But like, I just remember looking back at that and learning all about that play and how just minuscule and like, did he turn to look? What was right. it like? How does, how does the catch not happen? Um, yeah. I mean, again, amazing. This is a, for in some ways, a sort of whatever you would call it, a, misshapen mediocre viking season yeah still comes to a nfc championship game yes. at the goal line play they it's seem to just,
0: they seem to find a way to make it really painful in the end like yes they, they don't have they don't have paint by numbers playoff losses
1: yeah and i'll go um okay
0: this is number six I, overall here i think
1: yes and this is tough it's hard to make these calls um Okay, I'm picking between two that I really like. Okay. Um, okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the Eagles NFC Championship. Um, okay. The so
0: 2017. The... Yeah.
1: Yes, I think uh, um, this is a th- the game itself was not dramatic. No. Uh, the feeling of it was so devastating um, that I remember that whole week as Super Bowl or the well a week later as super bowl week was descending it's like i had no interest in sports i had no interest in the super bowl i had no interest in the fact that it was in our town that i would get off i was taking the 18 bus all the time downtown i'd get off and there'd just be people everywhere and i'm like i couldn't hate anything more um it was ice cold frigid it's like oh, yeah. it was it was almost like just god being like oh you thought you were going to get something nice you thought the greatest moment in your franchise history was going to lead to something that had never happened before the vikings playing at home to win a super bowl to break all the curses all of the things and you know the eagles i was because the i think the minneapolis miracle was a sunday and the eagles had played
0: did the eagles play after that I can't remember, but they they played like they played the Falcons and almost and lost. And they nearly lost. And exactly. the Vikings would have hosted the Falcons because yes. the Falcons were like the sixth seed. Like the Falcons had a chance to win. Like they had two or three O-line. passes in the O-line. end zone to yes. to win. Yeah.
1: yeah, And I just remember thinking that because uh, I can't remember when that was. If and, I knew at the time that
0: the Vikings had won or not. But anyway, um. And I remember naively thinking. Do do the Vikings wanna play the Falcons or the Eagles? Cause like you were like, Well, they got Nick Foles. Like, who is Nick Foles really? Oh. Like they, you got you get to play the backup quarterback if it's the Eagles. So maybe that's a preferable matchup. Yeah, the, the narrator, it was not a preferable matchup. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. The Nick Foles element of it, the whole also that the Vikings come out in Philly and just roll down the field. A perfect yeah. beautiful drive. Yes. Kyle Rudolph, I think, on the touchdown. And yeah. Um and then, and then it was just that interception that kind of...
0: Yes, and it made. was, and they, yeah, because they got the ball back. They they, they got the touchdown, stopped the they Eagles, stopped. and then yep. Keenum. I don't know, like I think there was like whispers sometimes during the season and maybe after that game that sometimes his drop was too deep. And I don't know if his drop was too deep on that play, but he did go pretty far back on that play. Yeah. Or if I don't know if it was like this offensive line that had been pretty good for most of the year but then got hit with injuries late and all of a sudden they're trying all these different combinations and their left tackle was not great at that point and all of a sudden he's getting his arm got hit on the throw and then then the rest is history.
1: Just that I can't remember which defensive back it was for the Eagles but him just winding his way around oh, the yeah. field like this, and they're going oh my god. Um yeah, just a devastating loss and, and to me as a in my professional career I would say um, probably the biggest disappointment of any game. Uh, even more disappointing, I think that what I what I mean by disappointing is that my expectations, yes. were so high. Um, Coming
0: off the Minneapolis Miracle,
1: yeah, it just felt like destiny, and yes. it it felt like you know. And now I think the Rams went and like won it in SoFi Stadium, and it's like, good God, like it just has no character to it. The, right. But the idea that the Vikings were going to get to host their own yes. Super Bowl was it felt made just it was just a made for made for tv story if that is still a thing that is not made for streaming story I'm ready for, for ready Netflix.
0: video story
1: yeah yeah so anyway that's my was,
0: thing yeah i remember i still you know we were doing all this stuff with video at that time so i like i was on radio row at that super bowl even after all of the the drama and the vikings not being in it. and it was still. I still enjoyed it. I talked to a lot of fun people out there and got a lot of good stuff. We did a bunch of like Facebook Live videos once we were at wow. back when we cared about Facebook Live, yeah. um, and um, and and I still I remember stalking Kirk Cousins at Shake Shack because all the Radio Row stuff was at Mall of America every day. So I was out at the mall like five or six times um, for the over the course of like seven days, like doing all these videos. I was like stalking him out at Shake Shack because he was in town. For the Super Bowl, but also he was the hot free agent quarterback to be at that moment. Yeah. That was twenty the twenty eighteen prelude to his free agency. And I was like try to like I like asked him a question like while he was sitting at Shake Shack and he like totally blew me off. But it was like I was like that was my mission was to get was to get Kirk Cousins on the record about why he was in Minnesota.
1: Wow, to think that you were just on you were right on the cutting edge of the entire future of the franchise.
0: I huh? was. I was and it was uh yeah, it was uh yep. it was fun, but it was it would have been probably a little bit better if the Vikings were in it, not the Eagles. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Yes. Um yeah. Okay. Let's uh let's roll through these next four um again, dealing with the biggest regrets, what if moments um in Vikings history. I gotta say, man, like some of these things all kind of go together, but I'm gonna uh, say two thousand sixteen just in general. Because so here's <laughs> Here's here's kind of the, so here's, here's the, here's the arc of the Vikings, right? 2015, they win 11 games, go to the playoffs. They got Teddy Bridgewater, second year quarterback that year, who I don't think anybody looked at Teddy Bridgewater and said, this is a star in the making, but he looked at him and said, Hey, here's a guy who fits what they want to do. He's under, you know, under contract at a reasonable rate for the next few years, here's a kind of chance for Mike Zimmer to kind of build this team that he wants to build. And then you go into 2016, he blows out his knee in training camp. They trade for Sam Bradford. They still start the year five and O and then mm-hmm. they end up going eight and eight. That year to me is such a huge, massive disappointment, not only in terms of what happened to Teddy Bridgewater, but how that team just kind of fell apart. Like they won 11 games the year before. 13 yeah. games the year after. There's no reason that should have been an eight and eight team, especially after you start five and zero. But that was that year feels like a real missed opportunity to me at a time where they, they couldn't kind of sustain excellence. They've never, Jeff, do you realize they haven't won 11 games in a row in consecutive years since they were going to Super Bowls back in the 70s?
1: So, wait, so say this again. So, you mean that they haven't had back-to-back 11 win seasons is what you're saying right since, not, a, not, since not 11 games in a row you're saying back to back 11
0: win seasons, seasons since yeah. like the 70s yeah
1: i would not have thought that um but it does kind of speak to the nature of it right i see what yeah. you're saying it's like they build up um a lot of goodwill and then things seem to snap it back yeah. right back into reality i mean they had that they had that stretch where it was like every other year playoffs every other year it playoffs, zimmer. yeah it was a zimmer
0: yeah. and you know and 2015 obviously ends with the Blair Walsh miss, and then yeah, he falls apart in 2016. They end up having to like cut him in the middle of the year, and that's part of just the whole, the whole craziness of of how that year just kind of downward spiraled.
1: Well, the the I like the idea of using the whole season because there was um, the Teddy Bridgewater. That was one of the first times I remember. You know, th- this has happened a lot in basketball, um, and I can't. You know it's that there's a there's a there's a psychological theory about this about have things always been happening and we're just kind of we relearn yeah. it and we think it's fresh but this idea of bones coming out of bodies you <laughs> yeah. know like, and I'm, i don't mean i don't say that lightly but it's just what it is where these injuries that are just gruesome and i remember that when the word started trickling out of i think it was winter park at the time
0: that, yes yep that,
1: that teddy had that something had happened yeah. And that, people were getting ill, that it was such a gruesome, terrible thing. And I just remember thinking you couldn't, for for kind of like what you're saying, coming off the year they had had and clearly the relationship that that Bridgewater and Zimmer had, you could tell Zimmer just, something about Bridgewater clicked with Zimmer.
0: Yes. Yeah, he, loved he loved he Teddy. He loved Teddy. He loved
1: Teddy. And um, I think we might've talked about this once t- for some reason during the trade conversation. I think either, either this or I was talking about a friend with it, but Somewhere in there was the end of the Mike Zimmer era, the missed Blair Walsh field goal, yep. Teddy Bridgewater injury, the, the chase to try to shore up a quarterback position that they thought they had figured out. Um, and yeah, I think... Because you know, it,
0: it all led to Kirk Cousins eventually, and I think that was where the defense started to slip, and that was the end of Zimmer. Yes,
1: yes. It, the team started to refocus all of their you know finances around a quarterback. Yep. I think the benefit of Bridgewater was they could build this defense and Zimmer's image. And for the time they had a quarterback that was like, you know, Bridgewater was never going to command $30 million. No. A season. Um, he was just kind of a great system quarterback, but, uh, yeah, that's a devastating year in a much different way than some of these other things we're talking about. Um, all right.
0: What do you got at number eight? We got three okay. left here.
1: Okay. That means I have two picks, right? Cause there's two. Yes. I got get. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Boy, this is an unbelievable. Um, so I'm, going, <laughs> I'm going back to the first super bowl. Okay. Um, and, and they're lost to the Chiefs and yep. for a couple of reasons. Um, one, like you, did, was this yesterday? I can't remember what yeah, we were talking yes, about. Yes, we talked about it I,
0: yesterday. Yeah. No,
1: I know that, but I was oh. trying to remember about just the fact that it was NFL AFL. And it was, yeah, Like 13-point favorites. They were huge favorites. But here's my favorite thing about that game. And again, yep. not to keep yeah. uh, bringing up the old man, but yeah. I, I distinctly remember this. When we were doing Super Bowl coverage, or there was like a Chiefs Vikings game, and Sid always like to go go find me that thing about Hank Stram. I'm like, who's Hank Stram? Oh, yeah. well, Hank Stram was the OG, like Tom Thibodeau, kind of yes. like shocky, energetic, <laughs> yeah, like, on yep. the sidelines. And 1970 Super Bowl NFL yep. films, mics up. Oh yeah, Hank Stram, right? And it's the, you can still go find the video, and it's phenomenal. Please, anybody listening to this, if you have time, search Hank Stram NFL Super Bowl for miked up or whatever, you'll find it, and they run the vikings out of this super bowl they kill them but more importantly bud grant feels like a personal affront has happened to him when this nfl films is released of hank stram calling the same play over oh, yeah. over and over again 65 toss power trap right they yep, just yep. And, and, and there's something about all of the intersections of all of this and then what i also love is that To start the 1970s season, they rematch Super Bowl rematch week one Chiefs Vikings and Vikings run them. And somehow they convince themselves that this matters, that them beating the Chiefs the next year is like some kind of payback. You Mm. lost the Super Bowl. No. The story is told. No. Um, So I just love this for all the all of the things that it kind of like how yesterday during our best vikings moments, half of them are beating the packers it's like oh we got you you in the regular season right
0: got it the revenge game revenge game no i like that that's a yeah Yeah. anyway um i nine yeah we're at nine and i'm you know i don't know why this one stands out to me but as i started kind of looking at it and researching this i decided that 2000, 2005, So you you're coming off of beating the Packers in the playoffs? They, that was not a great Vikings team. They started hot again, um, started six and zero in two thousand three, and then have had everything fall apart. The <laughs> ending with the Nate Pool play. And maybe that should be in the top ten. I don't have it I in my that. top ten. Yeah. But um, you know, they they start off five and one in two thousand four. They fall to eight and eight. But like something about those teams, they had it in them to be great. And then two thousand five, the Vikings um they lose scott linehan their offensive coordinator in the offseason who is one of the keys to unlocking dante culpepper he has a terrible start to the 2005 season then it shreds his knee it's the love boat year like everything goes wrong this year but i've always wondered what might have happened had they been able to and scott linehan left for a lateral move he left for an offensive coordinator job with the dolphins because i believe he got a raise and that was back when they weren't paying anybody this was kind of the uh still the the era of uh of, of not paying their assistance enough so i i think that there is always going to be a part of me that wonders what might have happened if dante hadn't blown out his knee like what yeah. was that their franchise quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years instead of just the five that they got from them
1: well i i um you know it's kind of like the teddy thing where it's like just the you know it just disrupts everything when yeah. i think the franchise quarterback goes down um they that I had the love boat as maybe yeah. we just because I was gonna have the love boat as my pick, so we can just kind of nine ten this thing. Okay. Um Yeah. Because now here's what you have to help me remember: who replaced Dante?
0: Who comes in? Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson. That's right. And, okay. and the and the crazy thing is, I think they were two and five, like after the after the Panthers game, after the love boat scandal, after, you know, Steve Smith is paddling an oar and the, the celebrating in the end zone. Oh my God, They finished nine and seven that year. They sometimes, they somehow went like they won, they won the most ridiculous ways. They had no business being any good that year, but they kind of like got back into it, even though Brad Johnson was not a great quarterback, but he was their replacement. He was back for, I think a second stint at that point.
1: Well, I was going to say that had to be the very tail end of Brad yes. Johnson's career Um
0: yeah. or towards the end, but because yeah, Brad he, Johnson was supposed to be the quarterback in 98.
1: He I was their starter until fact, Cunningham
0: until well until he got hurt in week one and then Cunningham took over.
1: Cunningham in. God, see, I just I knew. I mean, um, who's the other quarterback that I always get kind of tossed in this? Oh, Rich Gannon and like these Rich Gannon that yeah. kind of would go and have yeah success else, elsewhere. Sorry, um, the Love
0: Boat. Yes, you were talking well, about. Well,
1: yeah, West so West. All I was going to say is that again, there's like these seasons that seem to be just defined as things going wrong. And yeah, even if they even if they put some wins together and finish nine and seven and whatever it still was the end of something. You could just feel it. That love boat scandal was like, it was the end of Mike Tyson. Some ways Brad Childress comes in with kind of no nonsense, uh, you know, very straight laced. And, um, and I think it probably was, you know, who knows if it's, it's just that thing of, was it all tied together? Oh yeah. Dante Culpepper era, the end of the Moss era, the end of this kind of exciting brand of football and you look at that love boat, and it's like, well, the two things kind of go together. The exciting yeah. guys who don't follow the rules and also go out on Alan Alma's boat with Alan. <laughs> and it's just like, I go, whenever I'm in Excelsior and I see those boats docked, oh, yeah. God, I can't help but just think about it to this day. Um, And it, for the Vikings fans who maybe weren't of uh, full cognizance in two, 2005. It was like you can't even imagine it today. It's impossible huh. to well, imagine in the era of social media and things like this that something like this would ever happen.
0: And that was um, the that was also the original Wiznator year, by the way. Ontario Smith getting caught with the Wiznator. That was the that was the off season. That was in like May that that came out of two thousand five.
1: I mean, Suhan had that story a couple of weeks ago. I don't know I'm sure you read it, but about the the work the Vikings have done to become yeah. a respectable organization. Because yeah. for how long were these? Oh yeah. These things were just tied. It was, it was
0: all the time. It was a, and especially that year, especially that era. I think they, I think when the Wilfs came in and Childers came in, they kind of cleaned up some of that. I think it's been largely better since then. But that was an un, that was an unbelievable era of like off-field stories. I mean, it's you just that loveboat
1: scandal again. Oh man, what's going on with thirty for thirty? I don't know what's happening with Netflix. You have every every kind of sports story is being told. How we do not have. These people have to be ready to talk. We're now, we're, we're almost, we're coming on the 20 year anniversary of this. I mean, we're gonna- Yeah, that's true. Not, I mean, I don't wanna give away our state secrets, but we need to be investigating this. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, one of a kind.
0: Well- I hope you guys enjoyed that list as painful as it might have been to uh, hope. Maybe it was cathartic in some way to, to kind of relive some of that. I don't think 2023 will be quite as dramatic. You never know though, Jeff day with this franchise. We don't know if you never know, if, never know that if in five years we might be compiling in a completely new list and something from 2023 will be number one on either the good or the bad. You just don't know. You don't know with this team, but uh, that's, that's what, that's what keeps us watching. And I'm sure what will keep you guys watching on, uh, on Sunday and beyond. Thanks again to Jeff Day for participating in that. Thanks to you for listening to it. We might do more of those as time goes on. If you've got ideas for kind of special episodes, it's kind of nice when we can do kind of a a yin and yang, kind of a a good and a bad, like we've done both of these last two times with, with the Vikings, and then before that with the best and worst trades in Minnesota sports history. If you've got ideas, I'd love to hear them. Um, send those my way. You can find me pretty easily on email, mrand at startribune.com. Find me on social media at Randball. Send me an email. Let me know if, there's, if you have an idea for a future podcast um, kind of along the same vein. Speaking of... Uh, speaking of podcasts, this is a podcast. Let's finish with the cooler. <laughs> you like that segue? Um, let's finish with the cooler. We've got, uh, I've got, th- I've got three things that I'm trying, that I'm looking at. Maybe four this weekend that I want to see out of local teams. Vikings. I want to see them put away what looks to be an inferior team like the Buccaneers. I want to see them win this game Sunday by more than a touchdown. Make this a, make this a comfortable win. Doesn't have to be a blowout win, but I want to know that they are the better team throughout. I don't want to have to worry about whether they are going to win this game because if I'm worried that they're going to win this game, not saying they can't improve as the year goes on, but that would be a marker to me of, "Mm, okay, is this team really? How good is this team really? I want to see them win comfortably in this game. Same thing for Gopher football. I want to see them win comfortably, pass the ball comfortably, win fairly handily on Saturday to make sure that we know they are good as well. Links, two games left this weekend will determine their playoff fate. They're already in, but they can finish anywhere from fourth to seventh. Realistically, fourth is a long shot. They'd have to win both of their games, um, while, uh, while Dallas would have to lose both their games. And I don't think Dallas has very tough opponents, but neither do the Links. Although tonight's game against Chicago, Chicago right in the mix for that final playoff spot, it's a big one for Chicago. So even if they are, even if they are down in the standings, Chicago has a lot to play for tonight. So I want to see the Links finish strong get at least a get finish in that 5 seed i want to see them play dallas in the um, in in the playoffs cuz I think that's a good it's a decent matchup for them and it's one that has some drama after what happened earlier in the season with um you know, with the fans at Target Center and everything that happened in that game just a few weeks ago. So I want to see the Lynx see what they do in these kind of pressure games this weekend and finally I want to see the Twins establish kind of reestablish continue to establish themselves in the AL Central just kind of don't make this a race. I feel like it's just gonna be, a, it should be a smooth finish, a smooth landing. They're up six with 22 to go. Don't, don't let this get down anywhere past four at any point the rest of the way. Don't let this get anywhere past there. Don't let this don't give Cleveland any hope. You know, give, make this a, make this a pretty smooth glide to the finish, and that's what I want to see from the Twins this weekend. you know, back at target field. i you know, got a pretty favorable schedule d- down the stretch here. They play the Mets tonight. Mets have been having a disappointing season. They've got a lot of relatively easy opponents down the stretch. Make this a glide to the finish so you can set your rotation, feel good about yourself, uh, probably going into the playoffs that will do it for me today back with some you know, more regular shows next week we kind of had a different week this week with a, you know, a state fair show and no show monday things like that probably more of a regular rotation next week we'll get back into a lot of our regular tuesday viking stuff next week until then i'm michael rand we'll see you next week